all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Littleton Coin Company is ringing in the holiday season with daily deals. Visit LittletonCoin.com for at least 15% off select products now through November 28th. Save on your favorite coins, such as Morgan Silver Dollars, Kennedy Half Dollars, Commemorative Quarters, and much more. But hurry, each day offers a new deal you don't want to miss. Visit us now at LittletonCoin.com. That's LittletonCoin.com. Littleton Coin Company, serving collectors since 1945. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it out. I am. Hallelujah. Amen. If you remain standing as we read the word and flip to Psalm 127. Psalm 127. If you do not have it, you can look at the screens at all of our campuses if you don't have a Bible with you. Or if you need one, you just slip your hand up and the urshers would be glad to come ursher for you. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 127, verse 3. You got it? says, Behold, children are a heritage, and one version says, are the Lord's inheritance. The fruit of the womb is a what? Reward. Remember we talked about last week, reward doesn't necessarily mean positive. M many times God pays you back for all of the stuff you put your mom and them through through your kids. <laughs> Verse 4, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Say this, my children, my children shall, conquer every enemy shall conquer every enemy that I did not. He said, Bishop, I don't have no children. Then your nieces and your nephews and your cousins. Amen. Go one more place, Ephesians chapter 5. One more place, Ephesians chapter 5. Say, children are God's inheritance. So remember, remember, parents, they're not yours. They're his. He's just letting you manage them. It changes how you deal with things when you realize it's not yours. Amen. God has called us to be stewards, not owners. Listen, what's the difference? If I realize everything I have is his, he gave it to me, then, then I will treat it with the level of respect and honor that it's deserving of. Ephesians 5, verse 15, got it? It says, see then that you walk circumspectly. That just means wisely. Not as fools, but then it confirms what I just said, but as wise. Redeeming the time. Say that. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. In essence, he's saying, listen, you've wasted enough time not knowing. 
He says, now you need to redeem the time by getting some knowledge. Say, get knowledge. Get knowledge. Verse 18. And do that be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be, be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. He said, this is how it's supposed to be in your family. He, he said, he, he said, speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Isn't that something? We're supposed to interact with one another with psalms. Not with rough talking. <laughs> 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Which means I submit to the God in you. You submit to the God in me. That's how family works. Family says, listen, God's given you something. He's given me something. We have different roles in this thing. I submit to your role. You submit to my role. We submit to each other's roles in God. Now look there at chapter 6 verse 1. Chapter 6 verse 1. This is Paul writing to the Ephesians church, the church at Ephesus. He's giving them uh, a, a laydown of how family's supposed to run because nobody had taught them how to have family. No, no, they, they had just been doing it by experimentation. Every week, they're just trying something new. So he's teaching them. Verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Uh, uh, encourage somebody next to you to ask him this question. Say, neighbor, what's going on in your crib? Father, you hear me. You always hear me. I decrease that you might increase. Speak now to us so clearly, God, that you would customize this word for each individual that they'd be able to take and apply the principles that are expostulated and put them into play in their individual lives, that they would see, recognize, and know that you are a God that can get families in order. You are a God that can make us better parents and better leaders, and we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. Just high five somebody else asking what's going on in your crib. What's going on in your crib? You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Some of you, I, I already know what you're saying. Some of you are saying, Bishop, what are you talking about what's going on in my crib? This is for the young people. Some years ago, there was a show called MTV Cribs. And MTV Cribs is where they would go to the houses of the rich and the famous and celebrities and actors and actresses and musicians and entertainers and singers and songstresses and all of the above. And they would go to their homes and they would take cameras into their homes and they would show what they had in their crib. And many times people had beautiful estates and multiple cars and multiple living rooms and multiple theater rooms. They had beautiful houses. They had beautiful exteriors. But the truth was, is there was a wretched interior. As believers, we don't just want nice exteriors. We don't just want nice houses, but we want nice homes. Because a house is what you go to, but a home is where you live. Are you hearing what I'm saying? While the house may be nice, the home may be a wreck. So my question is, what would a video crew discover if they came to your home? If it was your crib, if it was your crib, crib is just a, it is a new age colloquialism for home, house. 
if they were to bring a camera crew to your home, what would they discover? What would they find? Would they find y'all singing songs and hymns to one another? Or would they find people knocking folk down, cussing one another out, arguing, contention? What, what would they find? Would they find a stairway to heaven or would they discover the gateway to hell? What would they find in your home? Disorder in homes is built out of confusion about the role each person plays uh, in a home. So to eradicate disorder and confusion, let's define the role of each person in the home. Because the only way we're going to get God's best in our home is if everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. Isn't it ho- you, you have been to a job where nobody knew who did what, nobody knew who was responsible for what, and it was nothing but utter chaos and utter confusion, and every time you had to go, you just said, my God, I can't wait to get out of here. That's what it's like when you're going to a home where there's nothing but confusion and chaos and disorder because there's no clarity about who does what. Y'all ain't saying nothing today. That's your neighbor say, we're going to fix that, we're going to fix that, we're going to fix that. Uh, the scripture says, Psalm 11 and 3, it says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So the foundation of every family, the foundation of every home is the parents. Say parents. parents. Now parents, you have to see yourselves as the CEOs of your home. You are building a dynasty. You, 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 you are building a legacy. Y'all remember, what was it, Dallas? Well, the whole family, they had a lot of drama. And Dynasty too. They both had a lot of drama. But you understood that what they were building was generational. And despite the, the, the issues that they had, they were building legacy. They were building something that was going to outlive them. Successful parenting is not one generational. It's multi-generational. Which means everything I do now, I understand, according to the scripture, it's going to affect up to three to four generations after me. Which means you sitting in your seat right now in the year 2011, you're dealing with 400 years of history of the people that have come before you. So it is incumbent upon you to change change the destiny of those coming after you because 400 years later they're going to be dealing with your stuff your issues your proclivities your your nuances your idiosyncrasies they're going to be dealing with that for 400 years from now isn't that going to be something and 24 11 your children children, 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 children they're going to be dealing with your stuff and that's something. That's how people can wake up one day and say, I don't know why, why I, I, I want to do that. I don't know why I'm attracted to that. I don't know why I want to do this. I don't know why I act like this. Because there's 400 years of history that you're dealing with. It's called iniquity. It's generational sin. It, it, it's called the sins of the fathers. Are you still with me? All right, so, so since I know I got to parent generationally, I, I, I got to take a series like parental guidance serious. Because I know 400 years from now, somebody with my name is going to be dealing with my stuff. And parents, we can either set them up to be successful, we can set them up to have posterity, or we can set them up to be messed up. The choice is ours. Because 400 years from now, they're still going to be dealing with our stuff. Are y'all with me today? No runners today, I guess, huh? If you're a parent, say, I'm the CEO CEO of my home. home. Now watch this. Typically, the less viable the marriage, the less effective the parents. 
So it, it's important to understand the foundation. So if, 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 if it is a man and a woman, a man and a wife, a husband and a wife, it is important to understand we can only parent as effective as we like one another. Bishop, what do you mean? Because marriage will expose every weakness in you. And in case you didn't know, God makes you deal with your stuff through your spouse. Okay, ain't nobody going to say nothing today. See, here's what you need to understand about marriage. Marriage is intentionally designed to break you down. To build you up. Now, I'm going to say it again. It is designed to break you down to the very last compound so then it can build you up. But now while you're dealing with the breakdown and the build up, you still have to be committed to biblical parenting. Therefore, y'all ain't got to say nothing to me because you know I'm telling the truth. I found out people don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. <laughs> Marriage will expose everything about you. All of your, your weird little nuances and the little things that make you mad that you can't even quantify why it makes you angry. You don't know why you get mad about that. It's so simple. But you just don't like the way they do it. Yeah, come on, y'all. Please, please, please. Y'all come on. If y'all say man, I can leave it alone. Weird little stuff that marriage will expose about you. It exposed to you. You don't like when people smack. And everybody else around you can smack, but when your spouse smacks, it sends you to a place of utter rage. And you're thinking, if you smack that girl, marriage will break you down to build you up. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, understanding that, while we're dealing with all of that, we can't get so distracted with husband and wife stuff that we forget kid stuff. We can't get so caught up in husband and wife stuff that we ignore kid stuff. And that's what Paul, who is a single man, is writing to the church at Ephesus to tell them this is how you need to get this stuff in order according to the words. I'm going to say to the word. Now, biblical parenting, I said this last week, is stewardship, not friendship. Got it? Now, for those of you, this is your first time to harvest, and you came to hear me preach. Uh, I'll finish this series next week. After that, I preach. Bishop, what are you trying to say? I, I, I am committed to us not having all of this wonderful spiritual stuff and jacked up families. I'm committed to that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We'll not be ashamed. The scripture says to gain the whole wide world. But lose your soul. But, but wouldn't it be a shame to win the world and lose your kids? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, watch this. Watch this. Uh, it's stewardship, not friendship. Say that. Stewardship. Now, part of that understanding is important because as a parent, as the CEO of your home, please understand, uh, 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 in our nation, the President of the United States is the CEO, uh, for lack of a better term, of the nation. There are certain things he cannot tell you. Because as the CEO, you have to give people information on a need-to-know basis. And so I know you want to file all your Freedom of Information Act, and that's fine. I'm not trying to be political. I'm just saying there's some stuff you don't want to know, because if you knew what was really going on, you'd be like, I'm just going to live in the Pacific somewhere. 
just like the CEO at your company. They may make changes and you may get memorandum and things like that. Well, why we got to change it? Why we got to change it? Why we got to You have to trust that the CEO knows more about what's going on than you. So if you're the CEO of your home, parents, there are certain things you're going to have to put in place that affect your children that you're going to have to give them information on a need-to-know basis. Because I'm your steward, not your friend. Are you getting this? Now, now, now Bishop, Bishop, why, why, why is this important to understand? Because they may hate you now for the limitations you have to put on them. But they will love you later. I'm going to say it again. There may be some temporary discomfort with some of the limitations you have to put around them now. In 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha, uh, Elijah is gone. Elisha is now uh, the leader, the father of the sons of the prophets. And the prophets come to him and say, man of God, the place where we dwell with you is too small. You got too many rules. You got too many regulations. There's too much structure here. We just want to go off and do our own thing. Please let us go so we can do our own thing. We're grown. We're 18 years old. I'm 16 years old. I got my permit. I only need one other person with me when I drive. <laughs> they went to Elisha and they said to him, all of this stuff you got going on, man, we're not really with that. So would you please let us go and do our own thing? And Elisha being, he was a spiritual father, but the connotation goes into natural as well. He's being a good father. He says to them, I understand you're the kind of child that's not going to learn by me telling. You're going to learn by me. I wish I had somebody. You're going to learn by me showing you. See, parents, some of you are getting frustrated with your kids because you're not dealing with a kid that can understand what you're saying. They need to experience it because it is experience that they will remember forever. And you can flap your lips all day long. This, and all they do is hear wah, 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 wah. They need to experience it. And so you got to be like Elisha. They said, we want to go. You know what Elisha said? Go! You don't want my rules, you don't want my order, you don't want my structure, you don't want to do it my way, go. But check out how insecure the children were. They came and said, hey, hey, can you go with us though? And that's something, that's like your kid coming up to you and saying, I'm going to move out. Now will you go get the problem for me? Elisha tells them, go. They go, and as they're trying to have their own experience, they're trying to chop down wood so that they can build their own life. The problem is, is the axe they're using, they borrowed from Elisha, which meant they weren't ready to utilize the tools that adults used. Now, see, the adults are saying amen, but see, you can still be grown and still... Because what happened is they tried to chop down the wood, and the Bible says the axe head fell off, and it would not work for them. But when the father stepped in, he, he looked and said, oh, y'all having some trouble, huh? Or oh, you having some issues. Uh -huh. I told you, you weren't ready for all that. But now what I was trying to tell you, now because you experienced it, now we won't have this issue again. Sometimes, parents, it may be painful, but you got to let them suffer through. You getting what I'm saying? 
So Elisha walks over there and he says, I understand we had a problem with the axe here. Elisha said, let me show you how bad I am. Elisha begins to speak and the Bible says the axe head, be the axe head begins to float. Now it's iron. And it's floating on water. And the Bible says it begins to swim. Elisha says, I'm so bad, I'll make the thing swim while it's in the water. He calls the axe head over to himself and he says, now let me show you how it's done. As a parent, sometimes you have to step back and let them experience and learn. Because while you're sitting up there doing all of your talking and rebuking and binding, you're pushing them toward what you don't want them to go to. So if you know there's somebody they're dating that you don't want them to date, stop telling them you need to leave. No, 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 don't say nothing to them about it. Leave them alone. Give it 30 days, maybe 90, and they'll be over to you. Uh, Mom, where's, uh, where's the sinkashay? Uh, you know, uh, it didn't even work out. She, she was, she talking about she wanted to go play Legos, and I was like, you know, she. <laughs> I thought you were ready. No, you were right. And parent, you know what you just did? You saved yourself hours of sleepless nights, hours of stress. Because the scripture says, if I trained them up in the way they should go. Even if they act like they're departing from him, even if they act like they're running from him, eventually they're going to get back on the right path. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 now. Uh, let's define what family looks like according to the scripture. You ready? Let's talk about fathers. Now, if you're a single mother uh, <clears throat> or single father, obviously you're going to have dual responsibilities here. But remember, if God trusts you with that, he's graced you to do that. Single parents, never see yourself at a disadvantage. God evidently thought it good enough to grace you to handle both jobs. So if you're a single mother, stop saying, oh, no, 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 they got everything they need right here at the church. If you're a single father, oh, no, they got everything they need right here at the church. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, let's define fathers. Define the father, 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 father. Watch this. First thing a father must be, because to define, we have to explain what they do, right? A father must be present. Must be present. Now, not just physically, because fathers, we can be there, but not be there. It's not enough to just be in the house. I have to be connected emotionally. And then this emotional connection is important because many times you'll sit all oh, that, all that crying, I'm just, I'm, you know, just stop all that, just, you know, push your chest up, man, do some push up, you know. They need you to connect with them emotionally. It is not the same culture it was when you were coming up. Amen. And truth be told, all of those methods weren't that effective. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, fellas, we have to be present. Say present. Now, now watch this. It's so interesting because in Genesis, where we see the first family and we see Adam and we see Eve, the consequences of Adam's decision was that he'd be separated from his wife and children. After the sin and after God judged Adam, after he judged Eve, after he judged the serpent, 
Then uh, all of a sudden, God says, now listen, Adam, you're going to work from the sweat of your brow. You're going to work hard. You're going to work tough. And guess where you're going to do it, Adam? You're going to do it outside of the garden. And I'm going to lock you, Adam, away from your children. They're going to stay in the garden, but I'm going to put an angel, a cherubim, a flaming angel outside of the garden, which means every time you try to connect with them, you're not going to be able to. And so the curse of Adam has still been working in families because many families, it is the mother and children and then it's the father there is a separation there is a disconnect and God says that's not what I ordained that's not what I want it to be the only reason that God did that was to paint a picture of what happens when the man gets out of order because when the man gets out of order God says I'd rather save the wife and kids than let them be exposed to this disorder that's why in many homes the mother is the referee between the kids and the fathers because there's a disconnect. And there's a disconnect because Adam chose not to be present. His wife is having a conversation with an animal. Now, of course, we know, Genesis 19, that he didn't look like a snake. He wasn't a snake at that point. He looked like a human being. Celestial beings, when they appear on earth, they look as human beings. Are you still here? So Adam's wife is having another conversation with another man, and he's so disconnected, he doesn't even walk up to say, who is this? He's so disconnected, he doesn't say, who are you talking to? He's so disconnected, and men, God wants us to be connected to our families emotionally. Which means you may not understand why they're crying. You may not, it may not, it may be the wildest thing to you about what, what are you even talking about? And your daughter may run up to you shaking her hands like this, whatever. But you have to connect and say, baby, what's wrong? What can I do to help you? Because I refuse to be like Adam and get separated from you because I won't connect with you. Second thing fathers have to do, we have to be life givers, not heads of household. Bishop, what do you mean? I'm the head of my house. And that sounds really great. But that is not what the word father means. We're talking about parental guidance, right? The word father means life giver. That's what it means. Which means it is not enough to, to, to bark out instructions. It's not enough to say, well, I pay the bills. It's not enough to say, I pay the costs. To be the boss. It's not enough to say, well, I make money. It's not enough to just come in the house and make money and have sex and, and all this. It's not enough to just give out orders. It's not enough to just be a tyrant while you're sitting there and asking folks to grab your remote in the room right over there. It, but now that is one of the perks of children. No, now let me <laughs> That's one of the benefits. Now, you, if, you, if you're lazy, you know. <laughs> I'm being facetious, but, but I need you to get the point. It is not enough to just be a tyrant like you're ruling and reigning over them three people. I'm the man in my house. Great, but what's going on in your crib? Who's talking to your wife? Who's talking to your kids? So fathers, we have to be life givers. Say life givers. Now this is so important. This is so, this is so important, men, because everything that existed in the first family came from the man. This is what, 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 what does that mean? Eve was taken out of the man. The family was taken out of Eve. Well, watch this. Watch the, watch, watch the philosophy. Well, watch, watch the imagery. Which means everything going on in my family came out of me. 
I'm going to say it again, man. See, man, this isn't, and let me say this, man. I'm not here to bash you. I'm not here to beat you. I'm one of you, so that'd be crazy. Do you understand? What I'm here to do is to give you the parental guidance so that you can go back and make the adjustments that you need. That's why I love the men of Harvest, because if you see these men, these are men that are out in the hallway playing and interacting with their kids and loving their children. That's why I love the men of this great church, because they're connected to their children. So understand that. Now watch this. Watch this. Which means anything that exists in the father will be manifested in the family because the father is the source for the family. Let me give you a practical example. If the man is insecure, the family will be insecure. Some husbands say, I don't know why my wife's like that. Because somewhere in you that's there. The only thing that can exist in your family is what's in you. Which means if he's cruel and hateful, it will be manifested in his children. And watch this, men. Many times what manifests aren't the visible traits. They're the subtle subconscious traits that we pay no attention to. Just like Adam, watch this, didn't know there was a woman inside of him. You don't know all of the things that are inside of you that are coming out in them. I'm going to say it again because it was so profound you missed it. Adam didn't know there was a woman inside of him. Matter of fact, God said, this is so deep, I got to put you to sleep, boy. If God started pulling that woman out of him, he just really went crazy. God said, you go to sleep, bro. I'll wake you up when I'm through. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He didn't know that there was a woman in him. Which men, that's why it's so important that we know what's on the inside of us. Because if we don't know what's on the inside of us, all of a sudden we'll wake up one morning and it'll be in our house. Somebody shout, thank God for men. I said, somebody said, thank God for godly men. Third thing a father has to do. Third thing a father has to do. To be a life giver means I have to speak it. I have to say it. I I have to be an encourager. I have to encourage my children. I have to say to them, good job. I have to tell them, you know what? This is great. I gave you examples last week. PCP, praise, criticize, praise. This is really great, son. Now, uh, we may want to work on how we do that. Oh, but I tell you, you really knocked that out the ballpark. Because barking don't do nothing but scare people away. Third thing, men, we have to be vocal. Say something. Because I don't tell them how they know I love them. No, they don't. Say it. Got it? You, you have to be vocal. It was the silence of Adam. That destroyed his family. I'm going to say it again. It was the silence of Adam. That destroyed his family. He was silent with God. He was silent with his wife. He was silent with himself. His silence. Was, 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 was so. Contrary to what God wanted. That it caused the fall. Of mankind. Are you hearing me? And many times, men, we, we don't communicate well because we get stuck in Adam's nature. And we want to blame everybody else for why this and that and the other. If these kids would just clean up, well, you show them how to do it. You know, if, if, they, if my wife would just, then show her. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Adam is not a good communicator. Adam would rather sit back 
and, and watch rather than to be a godly man and say, no, as for me and for my house. And I'm so thankful that's the kind of men we got in this church. I said, I'm so thankful those are the kind of men we've got. Oh, ladies, y'all better. Y'all, no, 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 no. You better thank God for the godly men of this church. Let's define, let's define the mother. Let's define the mother. So I'm just giving you three things so that you can see it. Fathers, remember that last. We got to be vocal. We got to say something. You can't believe this. She knew what I felt. You don't know feelings. She knew what I meant when I poked my lip out. No. Be vocal. Especially with your daughters. Tell them, baby, you, you sure look good today. That way, if you tell them that, they never have to look for no little man, no little boy. They have to look for nobody else to tell them. They're going to say, what? My dad already told me that. Because <laughs> what you don't tell them, they will look for somebody to tell them. Some of you, some, 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 some of you, 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 maybe they're not here with you. You ought to call my church and say, you know you're beautiful. You, 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 you know how smart you are. And it's going to throw them off if you do nothing but bark at them all the time. So you're going to have to do it a few times for them to acclimate to it. You understand? If you tell them that, they'll never look for anybody else to tell them that. Mothers, mothers. Y'all ready, mothers? Okay, okay let me, let me, let me let's, let's get the mothers. Let's define the mothers. Mothers must be the first thing, non-contentious. <laughs> non-contentious mothers you got to be peacemakers most of you naturally are Adam was formed in the wild with the beasts but the woman was formed in the garden in an environment of peace so that's why most women naturally are peacemakers they're formed in it they were formed in an environment where everything was good and quaint and all that but women, you can't be contentious. A contentious. Proverbs twenty-one nineteen says this. Let me tell you how bad it is, women. When you, I, I have a word for it. Can I tell you what my word is? It's a phrase I have. Can I tell you what it is for a contentious? Woman? Can I tell you what? Can I tell you what the word is here? I call it sister girl. It's not a black thing, not a white thing. It's a woman thing. You know, sister girl. Well, all of a sudden, her neck and her all that. Oh, no, every kind of woman does it. Every culture of woman does it. They've got the only way that they, the sister girl comes out in them. Sister girl is your enemy. Let me tell you how bad sister girl is. Proverbs 21, 19. It's better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. See, a man can be angry and he'll go off in the corner somewhere. If a woman's angry, the whole atmosphere in the house shifts because she needs everybody to know that she's angry. And so slamming the dishes and, th and slamming, th what's wrong with her? She wants you to come ask her. That's what she wants you to do. Sister girl is something else. And sister girl pops out at some of the most inopportune times. You're trying to have a good deep conversation about church today. And you forget to notice that she's got a new hairdo and those are new shoes. And 
That's important for her because she receives love through your affirmation. And so since you didn't say nothing, even though you're talking about the word, you know what, honey, you know what? And Bishop was right. I can really change this. Into <laughs> it's over. You might as well close that conversation up because sister girl is on the scene. It's quiet in the church. Proverbs 27, 15 says, a continual dropping in a very rainy day and a contentious woman are the same. Women, you have to, mothers, you have to be non-contentious. Just because you're mad doesn't mean everybody around you has to be mad. And when you are angry, mothers, what you have to do, see, back in the day, mothers had a way to deal with it. They call on Jesus. See, I, mean, I remember if you grew up in the South, in the country, and, 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 and all that, your mother, when something was going on, she'd call on the Lord. No, y'all don't understand what I mean when I say she's going to. She wouldn't go in the back and talk to Jesus. No, mother would stand right there. Help me, Jesus, help me, Lord Jesus, Jesus, help me, Jesus. You better help me with these kids, Jesus, Jesus, help me. Call on Jesus, mothers. Sometimes you're driving and your kids are sitting in the back seat and they're talking crazy. You need to put over to the side and call on Jesus. Now, I'm saying it in a jovial manner, but the principle is real that you've got to not be contentious because the scripture says that an unwise woman will tear down her house with her words, Proverbs 14.1. Got to be non-contentious. So, mothers, you got to bring out the best in people. So, some of you grew up with contentious mothers, and now, you even go over there now. You can tell the whole atmosphere. She's trying to cook Sunday afternoon dinner. You, oh, Jesus, something happened sister girl here. And he said, well, I'll be back. I'm going to run to the store. <laughs> Running the store turns into an eight-hour trip. And he said, but I just, you know, I forgot I had to do something. You don't even want to be bothered with contentious women. Nobody likes sister girl but herself. Second thing, mothers. Again, I'm going to beat you down, mothers. I'm going to beat you down. Everybody, we've all got room for improvement. I'm just helping you to define a mother. Because you don't want your kids growing up talking about, I, I don't want to be nothing like sister girl. Second thing, mothers must be wise. Wise. Wisdom is the appropriate application of knowledge. Wisdom is a shortcut. If I learn how to appropriately apply knowledge, then I can get to my destination more quickly. That's wisdom. Wisdom is not you trying to be Dr. Maya Angelou and have wonderful quotes to say every time something happens. Your kids come home from school. Mama, no, 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 no. Baby, in life. But, yeah, that's not wisdom. As you're trying to be deep. Wisdom is how do I appropriately apply knowledge? How, 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 how do I make sure the knowledge I have is applied in the appropriate fashion because I'll get to my destination quickly? Mothers have to be wise. Because many times, mothers, you got to make decisions of the, like, like, right that, just, that, and, and, and you got to do it so quick. And you need wisdom. So, Bishop, how do I get wisdom? The scripture tells you how to get it. I ask the Lord for wisdom. Because he gives it to me with all liberality. So I have wisdom on what I should give into and what I should not give into. 
Because, see, if I don't have wisdom, I'm going to mess up on this third trait that's important for a godly mother, which is to be consistent. I made reference to this last Sunday that many times uh, children know when to hit up their mothers because they watch her emotional patterns. And they know when, when this particular emotional pattern is going on, but they know when she's feeling good, that's the time, that's the time, hit her up. They know the first three months of every new year is going to be a good time because they know mama's in a good mood because the government's been real good to mama. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Got to be consistent, which means I can't flip-flop with my children. I have to be consistent with them. Watch this, mothers, even when it hurts you. Many times mothers are inconsistent because it hurts them because they feel like they're hurting their children. You're not hurting them. You're stewarding over them. So when they say, Mama, I, 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 I want to go, you know, uh, Kelly and, 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 and Renee, they stay out to midnight. That's good for Kelly and Renee. What's your name? <laughs> Notice it's not Kelly or Renee. Therefore, be it resolved <laughs> that you're going to come home at 10.30. I'm all my friends are having fun. There's no fun going on between 11 and 12 that you can't do right here with me at the house. <laughs> and you may feel like, oh, I'm hurting them. I'm, I'm robbing them of, of what? What are you robbing them of? What are you hurt? See, okay, see, the young people ain't going to say that to me. That's okay. But what are you robbing them of? What are you hurting them of? Now, it's different if they say, well, the church, we're having all night shut in. And so, you know, that's different. You know. Okay. But, 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 mothers, you have to be consistent because if you're not consistent, you will get played. You will be played. And then they'll play the parents against one another. What'd your mama say? Uh, well, she, you know, parents said, their giveaway is uh. Because if you got to say uh or huh, you're trying to think of what to say. The truth is natural. So whenever I ask somebody a question, and they say, uh, you're finna lie to me. Don't even tell me nothing. You're finna lie. Are you getting this? Now let's talk about kids. Because all the parents are waiting to get to this. Let me get off the parents. Let me get to the kids. You ready? Now, this is so important because parents and, and, and families, we have to not see ourselves as enemies. You, when you're living in the same household, you can't see yourselves as enemies. And, oop, one point for me. Now, you're a teen. Scripture says a house divided against itself. How's it going to stand? So you ready for the kids? Children. Young people, holler at me. <laughs> I told you they ain't going to say nothing. They ain't going to say nothing. One of them said, huh, because I caught him off guard. <laughs> and look, he said, huh. <laughs> First thing, young people, you've got to be obedient. We could have revival service off of that word. Young people, you have to trust 
that your parents know a little bit more than you. I know you're a junior. You got life figured out. I know you coming out of middle school, going into high school, and you're mature. I know. I know. We're not taken from that. Just trust that maybe since you're the kid and they're the parent, that God trusted them to steward you and not you to steward them. Just maybe. Because young people, I'm telling you, when you get your own kids, God has a way of saying to you, I told you not to act like that. Will the only parents that have experienced that say, man, I... God has a way. I mean, he's got an incredible sense of humor. I think sometimes he just sits back just cracking up. Just <laughs> You look over at Michael and Gabriel. Are you seeing this? Man, this is crazy. You have to be obedient, which means even when I don't understand it, I still comply with the directive. You do it at school. If, if a policeman walks up to you, you don't even know them. And you do what they say. Most people do. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's amazing how much respect you'll give to people you don't know. Got to be obedient. This means I'm just going to do what they said. Why? And, and here's, here's your promise, young people. If you, if you feel like your parents just don't understand and you feel like it's so unfair, then you look forward to the day when you've got your own money and your own car and your own place to stay, and you can do what you want. But until that day, I wish somebody would say something to me. Until that day, the way we do it here, Are you getting what I've said? I'm going real slow through this part. I could have been done preaching 15 minutes ago. I'm trying to go real slow through this part because I wanted to get it. You got it? It's just going to be a bit of second thing, children, young folk. I don't call you kids. I call you young folk. You have to be understanding. And parents, you have to teach this to you. You have to be understanding. Young people, why do I got to be understanding? You got to understand your parents are doing the best they can with the hand they've been dealt. And I know you look over at so-and-so and they got new Jordans every couple, but you don't know the hell they got to go through to get them new Jordans. I know you're looking over at so-and-so, but they got this and they got that, but you don't know all of what's going on in their crib. You don't know what's happening in there. That stuff comes out of place. So, so you got to understand, young folk, that they're doing the best they can with the hand they've been dealt. Which means you got to just look, okay, wonderful. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and if there's things that are happening in your childhood and in your coming up that you say, I want that to be different, then when you get an opportunity to do it, then you make it different. But until then, understand, especially if you're in a single-parent household. Understand. Just be a little understanding. Young folk, all your parents want from you is understanding. To communicate. Come on. I can't get it wrong four weeks in a row. Come on. So you can hear what they say. Third thing, 
Third thing, young people. Third thing. Grateful. But now, parents, I found that ungrateful children usually have ungrateful parents. Because apples don't fall too far from their trees. So if you want your children to be grateful, make sure you're grateful. Bishop, how do I demonstrate gratefulness? It's in how I steward what I've been given. So, so let me give you, can, can I give you some examples? I'm going to give you two examples that I'm going to quit preaching because I can see it. You're receiving it. I can see. I'm stirring your Kool-Aid. I'm in your sweet tea. I see it. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this, parents. If your car looks like you were involved with the 2006 tsunami in Indonesia, You're sending the message to your children, I'm ungrateful for this car. And then no matter why they, no wonder why they feel entitled when they come to you. It's God in the church. That's all right. I got the mic. One more example. Parents, if your children see you purchase 15 of the same thing, that you don't need in the first place, you send a message to them that money is free. And so they come to you asking you, well, listen, why can't I get something? I mean, you... I, the message behind it is they say, I see you not being a good steward. Are you saying what I'm saying? So to have grateful children, we have to have Grateful parents. Did you learn something today? We're going we're gonna to get our cribs in order today. Let's stand on our feet. Amen. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps and saving up to 30 dollars a month on cox internet with the affordable connectivity program makes those steps easy to take whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club applying is easy see if you qualify at cox.com acp non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the fcc 